2: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Hey, before we get the show started, I wanted to let you know we're giving away a bunch of brand new
1: black magic gear. Yeah, cameras, switchers, DaVinci Resolve licenses, a bunch of awesome stuff. So stay tuned to learn how you can enter to win free gear from Blackmagic. And we're going to tell you all about it later on in this episode. Now cue the music. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the 115th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. I'm Oren Kaplan. And I'm Madam.
2: Today we've got Alicia Oxy, the host of That One Audition on the podcast. She sits down with us to give us all sorts of insight about being an actor and what directors should say to actors, all sorts of stuff like that.
1: Yeah, Alicia is an actress. She's been in a bazillion things. She was on Ballers, True Detective, The Purge, a million soap operas, part of Dixie, General Hospital, Days of Our Lives, Life Sentence on the CW. Anyway, she's done a ton of stuff, but on her podcast, she actually interviews uh, actors, a lot of very well known actors. She just had John Bernthal on, Lucy Hale, Michelle Moynihan, and just talks to them about uh, bad auditions they've had. Or good ones, you know, and the whole creative process. So
2: it's a great, um kind of meeting of the minds of both what it is to be a working actor and what it is to be a working director and where those two meet. Yeah, so this is a crossover episode. But before we get to our conversation with Alicia, I wanted to talk a little bit about our Patreon. It's growing and growing, things are going great, and we really appreciate it. For those of you not in the know, if you go to patreon.com slash justshootitpod, you can contribute anywhere from a buck to four to even more uh, to help support our editors, Jay and Chris. And help grow the show. We're trying to do more live events, subsidize that a little bit, pay for a little bit of pizza, pay for a little bit of beer. Don't worry, everyone. The show is always going to be free. But if you have a little bit of extra scratch and you want to help this show grow and show your support, visit patreon.com slash just shoot it pod. Cool. So
1: let's jump into it with Alicia Oxy. So we are here with Alicia Oxy.
0: Yay. I am here.
1: Um, I said it right. Uh, thanks for coming on the show.
0: Thanks for having me and chatting.
1: Yeah, I think that's the part where you say thanks for being on thanks my show. Thanks for
0: being on my show, guys. Oh, as a bonus. You. Yes, thank this you, would be you. really interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah, so I think we're going to ping
2: pong back and forth a little bit. Let's ping pong. Yeah, between who's hosting who. Yeah.
0: Yes, no, I would love to know your guys' podcast, how it came to be, and did you guys work together? How did you even meet since you guys are co-hosting this podcast together?
1: Well, we met through two actors that happened to be our wives. Ah, My wife worked on something that Matt was directing that Matt's wife was also on. They met and then she was like, oh, you got to meet this director. And the four of us went out to dinner. Matt was like, I want to do a podcast about storytelling. And I was like, I want to do a script notes, which is like one of my favorite screenwriting podcasts, but about directing. And then... Matt emailed me the next day and was like, let's do this. So we just met on the podcast. We didn't know each other at all. We literally had met one time before we started a podcast together.
0: And you guys are in episode 100. 115. 115. 115. Yeah, yeah. How Mm -hmm. long have you been doing it?
2: Three years. Yeah, three years.
0: Three years.
2: Yeah, probably almost to the day, give or take a week or two.
0: So as far as format and the idea of stuff, you guys just kind of spitballed, just went forward with it? Yeah, I mean, it's
2: evolved... um, a decent amount, but also it's pretty loose anyway. Yeah, you know we just like
1: chat. We yeah. always want to have a plan and then we don't. But since we've had Madeline on, we've kind of refined things a little bit. I mean it- I like to say that the the guest really guides the
2: conversation.
0: That's exactly what I say.
2: Um, <laughs> but we also will do episodes that are just Orin and I talking about things that we're dealing with. We'll always do kind of a catch-up at the beginning of the show just to kind of talk about where we are personally in our careers. Um, because part of the uh, thesis of the show is just kind of showing people what a working director's life is like on a day-to-day basis, basically, and understanding the process and how long things can take and just getting to know
1: the nitty-gritty of the business of being a a filmmaker. Right, much like you said that everyone hears about the people that are getting the Oscars and then you also kind of hear about the struggling actors, but you don't hear that much about the middle class of like the working actors. That's the exact same thing for us with directors. It's like you've heard of Spielberg and Michael Bay. You've heard that it's so hard to make it as a director, but you haven't heard about the people that just like live in L.A. and are directors. Yeah, so a lot of our guests are people who um, you probably haven't heard of
2: necessarily, but um, are on But they make the a living directing. Yeah, and, and have awesome, great lives. And we just kind of want to highlight that you can be a working director. Success doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be Steven Spielberg.
1: You Though know. we're all aiming for it, right?
0: Aren't we all? And
1: don't listen to your parents when they tell you it's just way too hard.
0: Exactly. That's, I think, a big part of it too is um, I always ask people if there's a, um, a role model or a mentor early on in their lives and very successful actors that I've interviewed all have, they can always pinpoint to one person that said, one person. You oh. can, like if it was a teacher or their parent that was like, I think you should try acting or I think that you're on the right path. Like, of them all have that. Hmm.
2: So for Just Shoot It listeners, tell us a little bit about your show.
0: About that one audition podcast. So I started doing interviews about eight years ago because I went to an audition in which I flagellated not once but twice while running in a bikini next to a girl who looks like Giselle.
1: Sure. Wait, what's flagellating? Is that farting?
0: Flirting. I (laughs) made a noise that came from my buttocks that I still to this day have not made. Not once but twice. But I was really, really on point with my improv As soon as the first one happened, I like blamed it on Giselle. And then I did it again. And I had to politely remove myself from the room as the directors and all, I I think all the directors' friends also just happened to be at this shoot or this, you know, callback. (laughs) Random girls running in bikinis, like 15 guys in a room. So I went to class that night and I shared that story. And then all these actors start sharing all these different horrible audition stories and funny and whatever. thought it would be a really fun book, 101 Most Unforgettable Auditions. Eight years later, you know, 250 interviews later, I was like, why am I holding back on all these like gems? Because every time I went to go quit acting, I would sit down with somebody. They would tell me this heroic story. Or funny story, and I'm like, okay, I can stay in this. Mm-hmm. So I launched as a podcast about a year ago. So now it's basically a how to, like how I built this for all creatives, mostly actors, but I do bonuses. Like mm-hmm. it's so great to have you guys on and just different perspective and how you got to where you are right now, told through various different audition stories because we all audition. You, you audition sure. for Little League. You yeah. audition for your in laws. You audition when you try to get your kid into preschool. You're constantly yeah, that's on the, hardest the spot, one. Ugh, right? Right. It totally is pitching mm-hmm. while trying to like hold back how badly you want your kid to get into this school. It's mm-hmm. it's all kinds of confusing. So yeah, that's a little bit of of the how the show is going. And we just recorded our fiftieth episode. Hey, fifty!
1: You know? oh. Congrats! Yeah. Nice. And you've wow. had some like big actors on. I listened to like the Lucy Hale episode. Yeah. You had like John Bernthal.
0: Yes, uh, Michelle Monaghan is my fiftieth, which Ooh. was a big. Um, that's really big and personal to me Mm -hmm. because when I started my career at Kiss Kiss Bang Bang as soon as I saw it I wanted her her career. All of a sudden I could see it and then I worked with her on True Detective and then having her and I was a blubbering mess when I talked to her. Like I could not articulate my praise Mm -hmm. in a smart way I would say. Um, Also she had uh, had given me a compliment to my acting, which having your role model then compli- I just was a blubbering mess. So getting to have her come back on the show in the 50th episode and be able to articulate to her how wonderful I think she is in her career. I mean, her career is so... So awesome. So incredible. And she doesn't get hounded by people. Like, she's just getting to go do her art... You know, like That's you don't see her. Point. You yeah. don't see her spread across every celebrity right. gossip magazine. She's balancing life and, and she's a little family. bit of a
1: chameleon too, right? Completely. Yeah, yeah. And she does like blockbusters like Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf. Yes. A surprisingly good movie. Uh, and. Shh. And TV then, shows and True Detective. Yeah, exactly, the past. the path, Which I don't really like that much, but. It, not her fault. Not, not her fault. <laughs> I love her.
0: She's in Yeah, she's so great. But yeah, we've been on, uh, today we released Eve. Like Eve told me her audition story for Dr. Dre and then getting fired by Dr. Dre. So I just think it's kind of cool how we all, how you're mm-hmm. building a creative industry because you never see that side of it. You always see the like, oh, you were nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that project. You don't get to hear about the fall downs and the getting back up.
2: Absolutely. And so I feel like listening to your show a little bit, you find there's a lot of uh, recurring themes, right? You talk about connecting dots and like follow through and like long-term careers. Um, What are kind of the big top level sort of ideas that you feel like you kind of find yourself revisiting over and over again?
0: Time creativity takes time. And I think everybody thinks that being creative and having a genius moment idea Mm -hmm. means that the next day it's going to be awarded with an audience or awarded with teammates. I think creativity takes, it's like somebody compared it to raising a child the other day. Your child doesn't come out of the womb and crawl and walk and speak. It takes time. So that's, I think my biggest, my biggest get after doing all these interviews for so long. Um, And passion, if you're, Mm -hmm. if you are passionate about what you're doing, you allow yourself the time then to create what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So the majority of people that I talk to are 10 plus years in the business. Um, And a lot of it is connecting the dots that you can only do after almost 10 plus years. Like your guys' episode that I listened to was so brilliant about you going to lunch. Which one of you went to lunch? And it was like all of a sudden all these, then the next week,
2: that was you went to
0: lunch. And then people are calling, like it's just kind of living your life, but then doing the work at the same time and giving yourself the time. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Well, so something that happens on our podcast a lot, or that comes up a lot, which I am guessing does not come up nearly as much on your podcast, is whether you have to live in L.A. or not to be a filmmaker. Uh, I mean, with acting, I kind of feel like the answer is yes, right?
0: But I don't think so in the next five years. So today I taped something for New York last week I taped something for New Orleans the other day I taped something for Vancouver I mean you guys are directors writer producers how often are you guys watching tape versus being in the room now
2: sure watching tape all the time but I think the counter is like how often are you just offering someone or deciding to collaborate with someone based off of the relationship that you have because
0: of proximity and and i think that's where la or new york like the but right. also that's if, where it benefits but also
1: you live in la why are you taping for a show in vancouver or new york or houston or whatever it's because la has the best actors like i i mean i think matt and i both have you know done a lot of or commercial projects or at least have been up for a lot of commercial projects that don't shoot in la and my <laughs> first question is major markets. can yeah. we shoot in la and if not can we bring cast from la because i mean it's like just so ridiculous the difference between like so this is kind of my i'm making this up on the spot so it could be totally crazy but if i auditioned 100 actors in houston versus 100 non-union actors in la versus 100 union actors in in la like if i the out of the 100 union actors probably 90 of them would be awesome like i could i could cast any one of them for this commercial and they would be great the non-union actors probably like 40 of them would be awesome and then the Houston actors, probably like five of them would be awesome. You know, that's to me, at least from my experience, the ratio of like amazing talent. And so um, so think, even when you're not shooting in L.A., you're casting out of L.A. because we have the best actors. Well, first, I think there's film. that
0: idea, too. There's that idea of and all, all the greats do go because they're trying to go for their best. Best shot, I think. At the end of the day, I just think technology is really changing how we can see ourselves as, as actors and living in different places. But I do love the idea of the proximity. Like, you're not going to sit down and have lunch in Houston right. and then bump into somebody and then be on set the next week because you just randomly
1: sure. stayed
0: yeah. longer and ordered another bag of chips. Or, yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> right. right,
1: But that, yeah, but that's why those stories of like going out and interacting with the people, like of your city, make a difference. And yeah, I don't mean to be a bummer. I mean, how, have you ever cast anyone, Matt, off tape without I, seeing them in real I life? I
2: have. I've become increasingly o- o- open to the idea, to your point, actually. Um, but I still like to be in the space because I like to chit-chat. Like there's that, that, you know, the bit up top when it's like, oh, nice to meet you. Like, oh, you know, I'll take a look at someone's resume. I'll like scan for someone I know like oh you, you know you know this person you know that person oh you trained at UCB who is your coach like are you on a team just that kind of like a few softball questions that's really a test to see like oh do I want to spend a day with you or not because like especially if it's a commercial project or something that relationship is really important and if you're going to add an additional level of stress even if you're perfect for the part I don't really want you to be on set with me.
0: So when you, that's, a, that's a great point for my listeners. So, cause some actors are like, I don't want to do the chit chat. I want to stay in my world. Now I know with yeah, commercials, sure. it's different. Yeah. But right. So it, you're it, actually looking for a tool to see like, how are they going to respond? Can they actually have a conversation absolutely. with me?
2: Absolutely. And to be fair, that's almost always in the context of comedy and I'm going to do a little bit of improv. And so they typically are coming in on quote unquote, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's not it's not like I'm doing, like, a dramatic heavy scene where I'm yes. like, oh, hey, you know, like, uh, where are your kids going to preschool? Cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, Now murder someone, you know. like. But we also, Matt and I, I'd say majority of the work we do is, like, one to three day shoots. Maybe a week sometimes. I mean, we've done some series, but yeah, I think I'd I- say 80% of our work. So we need... The actor that can kind of figure it out like in five minutes you know completely yeah, yeah. not Hit your in mark, say your line, and, do everything
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. so because you have 5,000 other things to worry yeah, about it's like when you
1: do like a guest star or a coast you know like a like a day player type of tv role right. like sure if we're going to cast someone for the whole series it's a different type of conversation yeah sure and we're going to go to coffee there's going to be multiple like rounds of auditions
2: all that stuff but like for a regular audition audition I just want to know that you're not gonna be a pain in the butt, that you're not too needy, Mm -hmm. but that you're nice, basically.
0: So is there anything that's ever so off-putting? Like are there any examples that you guys can share of what not to Mm -hmm. do when you first walk in? Or
1: you would never like everyone knows this, but I have a few things for like let's say you just moved to LA and you just graduated from like the inner school in Nebraska or whatever. Um, something that I see a lot of people that are brand new do and I see more guys than girls do this, um, is like try to shake everyone's hand in the yeah, room. Yeah, don't, don't. That's um, like...
2: Unless you initiate, if you're a handshaker, that's fine. But like I know a lot of casting directors you do meaning, not like germs.
0: Yeah, you meaning the director or the right. casting director Correct. initiates. I know it's gotten... Yeah, yeah. I've been here so long now that when people try to shake my hand in a room, I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah,
2: sure. You're like, well, all right. like,
0: oh, that's a... No. Oh,
2: and is that oh. a signal to shake everyone else's hand in the room? Like, I don't take yeah. it as that. I, I mean, usually do the one... Yeah, and then, and then like a nice polite I wave. just always yeah. feel like
0: it's an awkward thing too after somebody does extend for a handshake or a hug because i I'd so ingrained in me not that then mm-hmm. that's when I become awkward yeah. where I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. Honestly,
2: <laughs> the only time touching is at all appropriate is if you really, really know a person in the room. Like if your best friend is the reader, then it's a, and actually I take it back, not even the reader. Like if it's somebody who's got like- You're talking for the s- actor. Yeah, for the actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like if if the casting director or director or producer knows you and they initiate, for sure, go say like "Hi, pal," around all that stuff. Right, or if it's Otherwise, like a chemistry
1: read or someplace where like you've almost built a rapport. But I'm talking about like the first audition. Yeah, yeah. And especially so I'm on saying commercials, never, I'm saying don't do it unless you really, really know somebody. Right, but on commercials too, a lot of times it's like producer, like creative director, associate director, art director, director, casting director, reader. And these people go and shake like seven people's hands and I'm like, you know, you know that that you came in an hour after, you've been waiting in the waiting room for an hour. So like, why are you spending like five minutes like shaking (laughs) everyone's hands and talking when you know we're just trying to get through real fast? Yeah, yeah. Oh, something else I have for actors. So when I first moved to LA, my roommate, both my roommates were actors, Sam and Alana. And... I remember Sam would always complain, he'd be like, I was in the audition and the guy was like, one guy was on his laptop, the other guy was like eating a sandwich and then another guy like was barely paying attention and he he would get so frustrated. He's like, I'm working so hard for these people and they are just like ignoring me. And so I guess what I would say, like when I'm auditioning people again for commercials with agency people, a lot of times they're putting out like so many fires because the shoot is like in a week and we just lost our location. And so, like, you really only need like the director and mate. You know, like, there's like whoever's watching you is like the important person to mm-hmm. judge your performance. Right. So don't. I know it's hard to shake, but it is rude for it, sure, and it's okay to be bothered by it, but don't take it to heart. Basically. It's rude, but yeah. let's say you're seeing a bunch of actors in one day, yeah. and you have to eat lunch at some point, and you don't want people. Like a lot of times, like a casting director will be like, hey, you know, we're running like an hour behind, but do you want to stop for half an hour for lunch? And I'll be like, no, let's just like, I'll just eat and let's just keep going. Yeah, you've got a day job to get back to. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want. I don't like when actors are in actor, the waiting room. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You don't like people. You, do you like, feel pressure if, if feel you're so an hour pressure. behind? Because that's the other thing is I don't think that I think as an actor when you walk into the room you forget that the other people sitting on the other side of the camera are people. Mm-hmm. It's this, this this judgment, and I would love if you guys could talk about. Do you feel like you are? Be honest, judging the people that are coming in. Like from the get-go, are you like, oh, why are they wearing those shoes? Because all of a sudden you're you've been given this privilege to sit behind the camera. And I call it a privilege mm-hmm. coming from an actor standpoint.
2: And it is, it is, without a doubt. Um, we should also caveat Orin and I
1: are both married to actors. So we have yes. the other I side love of actors. Yeah. Yeah. And we and yeah, so we've heard all the insecurities or frustrations. Like my wife went in audition. Like a few weeks ago, and they like changed it last minute to be at someone's house, which is weird. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. he, he yeah. wasn't there alone; there was like other people and producer and stuff. But it was it was weird. And then she they made her wait for two hours because they had this last minute like half hour of conference call. He had to listen, and it was like a callback type of situation. Um, and it's like I would never in a million years do that. I'd be like, hey, I've got auditions right now. I'm not getting on a conference call. Let's push it. There's people waiting for me. So, and I think Matt right. is the same. We way. We would prioritize the
2: audition because um, we are aware of the sacrifices an actor is making to be there. Um, but to answer your question, yes, we absolutely are judging them. However, <laughs> but not harshly. No, well, or well, you know, uh, we're
0: humans. Like we're you humans. just like, you look at somebody and you think you have a first impression and that's,
2: you yeah. have zero control over it. And there's so, especially in a commercial environment, but in all like high stakes environments, you don't have control over what you're going to be judged by and you can't anticipate it. Like, the th- you're nervous about your shirt and we're, like, thinking about, like, oh, we're casting a person who has different color hair than this person. Or, like, we've already, my wife's a redhead. Oh, we've got, we can't have two redheads in this spot. Yeah, it's, I hate too many redheads in, like, one thing. I totally remember it. Fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right, but, you know, a client does think like that. Or, like.
0: Especially commercials because it's such a look. And I feel like commercials is, like, the lottery for an yeah. actor.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean. For a director, too. What?
0: <laughs> well, that's what. Okay, so share with me that because you guys are your bread and butter for both of you is is commercials, and then I know that there's there's a good amount of television episodic in there as far as far yeah, as,
1: yeah. Orin's, um, Orin's commercial career is better than mine, uh, basically. Yeah, so I mean, I think we we both kind of started doing like digital. Series and then we, which kind of turned into branded content because you know no one mm-hmm. was paying for it, so companies had to pay for it. And then for me, that kind of transitioned into commercials. Yeah, um, and just I have, more like like thirty second regular commercials. I have some of that. I have plenty of experience
2: in that realm, but Orrin's commercial career is going better than mine, basically.
0: But <laughs> then you saying. have a lot of episodic.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think um the slight difference is like. I have been pushing harder in the episodic world. And so, yeah, I found kind of recent success in that realm. So, but we both kind of, uh, yeah, and also features. Oren has a feature um, under his, two features under his belt, and I don't.
1: But yeah, we, more or less, you know. But Matt kind of pitches TV, like shows more. And I mean, I want to do that. I'm just like, If if any commercial comes up, I'm like, stop writing. Go do the commercial. I'm a little more aggressive in the
2: scripted world, but basically, we're both on the same lists, whether it's commercial or scripted, all the time. We're like pitching against each other quite frequently. So,
0: would you guys mind for my audience walking through how 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 an audition comes to you for a commercial? Like, does your agent call? And what is the pitch when you guys go in? Like, give me an example of you guys going in against each other. I'm just curious. Oh, sure,
2: sure, sure, sure. So there's uh, there's kind of two sin. Well, in a commercial scenario, basically, the like a bunch of different sales reps will pitch our names up against this product, basically, and then you know, agency will look at it. They'll kind of narrow down their kind of top three.
0: And they're going off your resume or are they going off your commercial reel?
2: Our commercial reel. So okay. our, our reps will put together
1: like a custom stack of spots that we've done. Yeah. Like, By the way, we did yeah. an episode called How Commercials Work or something. Yeah. And oh, it's like, it, it spells this from like A to Z, like in our conversation. Because <laughs> it's yeah. surprisingly complicated. Yeah, I'm doing the Cliff Notes version. Uh, but yeah,
2: if you really want to know. And like, then
0: I'll send my audience to that episode. What, what number do you know?
2: I think it's like 80 or something. Or We'll put it in the show notes. We'll
0: put it in the show notes. It is yes.
2: quite dry. It's like if you really, really want to know, um, and it's it's
1: very good, but it's like it's as inside as you get basically. Yeah. yeah. I, it does, I think the insight that an actor might get is, which you probably know, have you done a lot of commercials? Yeah. I mean, so I, obviously in TV, you've done a ton of TV, which the role of the director is one thing there. But in commercials, the director does not like tends to not have quite that much power. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the important thing, it, so- which the actors don't really realize. And like, even so, I'm casting. I'm doing these ten spots. We're casting twenty actors, um, and we we saw ninety actors in one day just for the callbacks. This right? is literally happening. Happening. Yeah, as this we happened yeah. a couple of days ago. Uh, and it, I was so exhausted by the end of the day. I was like begging them. I was like, please, let's do our selects tomorrow. You know, I've been, I started scouting at 7 a.m. today. It's like 10 p.m. now. Like I just had to talk to, I mean, we have some, we have another episode that's worth listening to, which is five directors talking about auditioning people. For us, it's like an audition because this is the first time we've met the agency people usually. And they're judging how the, we work with actors. The agency people are the people who originated the spot. Yeah,
0: and is the agency really who's picking the actor or? It, because I mean, you guys are now in this room with a group of people that you have just met.
2: Right, that yes. day we met. So they will say no, the director is, but the answer is 100% yes, the agency is picking. Right.
1: So the end of yes. my story is by the end of the day I was like, let's just do it tomorrow and then the, you know, the agency was like, now nah, we'll just pick them. <laughs> and they just choose, but they're not even the final say, so they'll choose their top three and they'll recommend one and then they'll send it to the client and then the client will look at all the tapes from that day, and then they'll decide if they want to go with the recommended actors or not. So, if you really have a select, if you're like, oh, I love this actor, I've worked with them before,
2: we have a, or just I have a good feeling, you really have to do some salesmanship to like get that person sold and tell them why they like them and why they're right for the spot. But like, I can tell you from experience, multiple times I've had actors that I disliked end up getting cast like wouldn't even be called back and someone's like well we should call them back I think they're really funny uh, and yeah. like got, got the spot
0: and they got the spot and then how's working on the spot I for mean you. I was
2: right uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At <laughs> like least I, you got that. I, I, you know? Well, like, <laughs> sort of, except for that,
2: it's still the spot that
0: i And that's, to. and then it's representing you. Right. Then is that one of those things that you just don't put on your reel yeah, later? Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. You just like some you just don't show. You know,
0: just like in acting, where you're right. like, I sure. just hope that that just never yeah. sees the light of day. I'd say day. most jobs
1: you don't put on your reel. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's the other thing too. I think as a creative too, that when you asked earlier, what's the one thing that I've learned, I. You never see Tom Hanks's first, like, commercial or TV show. Sure, right? unless
1: because, it's, like, on The Tonight Show. Exactly. As a joke.
0: But nowadays, you are, as an actor, any creative, as a director, as a writer, anybody can see your first work. And it's not like, oh, you know, good job at attempting to do this. Mm-hmm. This is what you could do better. It's like now you're just you're marked.
2: Just, you're just judged. And especially if, like, you're doing a good job in a bad show. That's really rough. Like, it's hard to see past that, you know. Um, I would say in terms of tips for actors, making a reel that is exemplary of your work readily available is very valuable. I'm current, like, I'm in the middle of casting a feature right now, and we're looking for great people, and our casting directors are sending us, like, great names, but because they're of, you know, a, a certain level, they're... Isn't a ton of stuff available, so like I'll get stuff sent from their agents or whatever, but for the most part, it's not um, obvious what's what their best work is. And so Wait, what like, do you
1: mean a certain level, like high level or low level? High level, high, high level, level, like yeah, a yeah.
2: name talent, name talent, because it's like all of their stuff is and getting just stripped like, from YouTube or whatever. So, oh, I, so I, you
0: don't have a real, a comprehensive reel just to watch. We'll get, you know, sometimes
2: an agent will send stuff or like a casting director will get it, but if so, if the name is just thrown out there, right? And we don't, you know, we're kind of deciding like, oh, I've got a name of 20 or a list of 20 names. I want to narrow that down to the five that I'm going to ask to really see materials on. I'll Google them, right? And I cannot tell you, we're casting a male lead right now. 90% of the videos that you can find on the internet are of them shirtless. It's like a (laughs) fan montage of like
0: (laughs) a dude who's
2: like on a CW show, like taking and look, look, they're jacked. They look great. But that's not what I'm looking that's for. That's not what you're
0: looking for. And shows yeah.
1: on it. Yeah. So. Sure. There you go. Oh, yes. Yeah. I
0: did keep my shirt on. You know, at CW, they do sure. make the girls keep their shirts sure, right. on, not yeah. the guys. If they could the get girls. away with it. Yeah, yeah. But do you know what I mean, though? It's Absolutely. Like- well, I think also as an actor, you get to a certain level, and I'm not at that level, but at I'm assuming at a certain level you're like, oh, people know my work. And you stop investing in the mm, real. Sure. And I had a meeting today where it was like, no, you have to constantly, that's, your, that's how you're selling yourself. Absolutely. And you have to stay on top of your real, your materials, and also... Make sure that the other stuff gets buried on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you get things off?
1: Right. Yeah. If you have a reel, then people don't have to go to YouTube to hunt for stuff. Right. Anyway. Right. Exactly. You could avoid
0: the shirtless Googling that happens. (laughs) 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 A lot of
2: press materials, too. Like, it's the same sort of thing of like, oh, what chit chat is like. It's like, oh, I just want to see, like, am I going to be okay to spend three weeks with this person or not?
0: Well yeah. and that's the thing too it's like camp i think a lot of people don't realize that they haven't been on set yet like mm-hmm, you are sure. it's full intense camp the rest of the world kind of falls away mm-hmm. and you're trying to collaborate hopefully and make this piece absolutely especially at, at the as the director as the helm yeah. and i'm sure you don't want to worry about your actors
2: yeah and like publicity is a funny thing where it's like oh do they you know they maybe they were having a bad day but if that's all i have to go off of and i can't you know, schedule a copy with them, or it's going to be two months before they're available, or whatever. It's so tricky.
1: Or, and, you were going to say something, though. Um, yeah, our friend that introduced us to you, actually, Carter McIntyre, mm-hmm. he had a pretty good reel that I saw. I mean, it might have been a couple of years at this point, but he's you know he was like the lead on a bunch of TV shows. He was on a JJ Abrams show. He's been on a ton of TV. I don't think he's like a household name. You know, but some people, there's some people, he was on Drop Dead Diva sure. for like three seasons. He has a shirtless montage on YouTube?
0: Yeah, I'm sure. He hey probably Carter, does. If you don't, I'm gonna, we're going to Google it later. Imagine, um,
1: can we make a note of that, please? <laughs> to make sure. That's in the show notes. But um, <laughs> No, but he, his reel was probably like five scenes from TV shows that were, he probably had like two action scenes where it's like him saying sure. something funny and then like chasing some people yeah. and shooting some people. And then he had like, like a dramatic scene. And I, I don't know. I felt like it was like really good. It was simple. But it was like, hey, look, I've been on, I can do this. I can be funny. I can be dramatic. Mm-hmm. And I can do action. And I've been on these TV shows.
0: Well, that's a good question. So I had an agent once say to me about my reel. They're like, I don't know how to pitch you. It's like you're different in every part. And I sat there for a long time <laughs> and I was like, Thank you. (laughs) And she was like, I don't know if she intended that to be a compliment. It's like she didn't know how to pitch me. I was like, but that's my job as an actor. So as directors, when you are actually seeing reels, do you like seeing the diversity in which a person can play so many different things in three or four minutes? Or do you like being like, okay, the shirtless guy Mm -hmm. obviously plays this one role and he plays it well?
1: That's a great question. I I like diversity. So my friend Avi, who's who's been on the podcast, He is like really, really funny. Um, And he, I just helped him with his reel and he had sent it to me. And he recently, he's done like three or four dramatic roles. And so that's what he had in there because they look the best and they're with like kind of recognizable faces. Um, And I was like, dude, this reel, you're great dramatically, but no one can tell that you're funny, you know, Mm -hmm. from this reel. And like, to me, that's you. And I I helped him recut it. And I was like, I'm just going to put, I know every agent tells you, do not put a montage on the front of the reel. But I think like for me, I don't get you, your spirit from this reel because it's just you like, mm. you know, fighting with this, your wife and then like making fun of some guy. Like I want to see you being funny, you know, yeah. and and I know you're super funny. So I don't know. I, so you liked I the like the
0: montage it. going into then regular scenes.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, you know, look, regular scenes, reels are impossible to watch.
0: They are so challenging. they so boring. And
1: that's what I almost was going to interrupt Matt before when he says he loves to see a good reel because so many times, I mean, we're casting a lot of newer actors, right? Um, and like on on LA casting, that's like usually the interface but that we I, have. I mean, I'm explicitly talking about... Well, yeah, yeah, media, yeah. yeah like, like, names is, to me, that's like a whole
2: different but, approach. Well, how but you cast. when we say names, I think... Uh, just to be clear not names that any of us would recognize unless you watched that specific show right some main character from not, walking dead or something yeah yeah totally that's a perfect example or not even a main character do you know right. what i mean or like, like a recurring. Yeah, recurring yeah recurring yeah exactly it's like oh their resume is cool you've heard of plenty of the shows that they've been on but like you wouldn't know their name
0: like me. Yeah, like, that's a perfect I'm, I'm example. I'm a good example yeah, yeah. where people, like they see my resume and they're like, oh, you've like, been working cool. for a while. And it's yeah, always yeah. the shock, like, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I love that question. Tell me, wh- tell me how I know you. When you're <laughs> yeah, like sitting sure. on an airplane yeah. and I'm like, yeah. I don't know, Aww. what shows do you watch? They're like, I'm so sorry, I don't know you. And I'm like, not a lot of people do. Like it's <laughs> yeah. just, yeah, and you're, the working actor.
2: You're is, probably offer only for plenty of like indie movies.
0: No, no, and I. That's the other thing. I was do your
2: to. agents t- say tell casting directors you're offer only. Though? No,
0: I I've literally can count on my hands how many offers I've had, um, and when I get them, I am totally shocked. <laughs> Like, I'm like, what, what? I almost dropped the phone once when I got an offer because I was like, I'm going to take a break from acting. And literally sure. the moment I said it, an hour later, I had an offer. And I was like, I haven't had an offer in like three years. Who? So that's not, and I, I truly like winning the part. I like knowing mm-hmm. that you've paid for me and you've bought what I'm selling. Sure. And I also... Yeah, yeah. I've There's on, extra pressure on an offer. There is, and I've yeah. been on so many sets Thankfully, where I'm not the number one, I wasn't the offer, and I've saw I've seen the offer come in, and then the director and the offer creatively collide, mm-hmm. and then the project's at the mercy of that tension, mm-hmm. versus the director being like, "I picked you," and now we've all have this like collaborative journey that we're on, mm-hmm. hoping that we can get the best art. So. Sure. I go back and forth on offers and I ask every actor that I also usually interview, like, what is your feeling on offers? And most people love them. Sure. Well, well, yeah.
1: I mean who wouldn't like it, right? But and a lot of times I was attached to this movie. I ended up not doing, but I we it was kinda your level names that we were talking about and instead of having them audition, we would like go get like get coffee with them, like the producers and I would meet them. Sure. And and it's not like we'd offered the role yet, but we're trying to get the vibe and get your read on the script.
0: I love that. Don't, now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love a good conversation with a director or writer. I sometimes wonder, for me personally, I'm not speaking on other actors, if sometimes I come in too hot because mm-hmm. the way I study characters and I get excited, especially if I'm excited or passionate about it. Um, this is another good question I want to ask is how often, especially when you're sitting down with people for features or uh, episodics, how often do you like hearing notes or suggestions from actors? Because I feel like sometimes that can mm. burn you getting the job.
1: Oh, I've been burned. I'd say like 50% of the jobs I'm burned on because <laughs> I, sure. I'm like, this is great, but don't you think it would be like a little, like this feels really similar to this thing that I, is out right now. What if we change it a little bit to be like this? And then they'll hire the director that just loves the creative.
0: That the just it wanted to do exactly yeah. what was on yeah. the page.
1: It happens I, to me all the
2: time. I think coming with ideas is wonderful. And I think that if a person is self-aware enough to be like, you oh, know, I know that this needs work and what would you, like if they offer, you know, or if they ask for notes, I think you can go for it. I think that the safe space is in like, oh, like here are things to plus the material that's already there. But, you know, in the event that it's a more contradictory note of like, you know, this should be a totally different thing than what you're thinking of, which surprisingly happens, um, that I would stay away from. You know
1: yeah.
0: what I mean? Like, <laughs> kind of yes. stay
1: in the lane of like what the creative mostly is. You but know? do you think it matters if you wrote it or not?
0: Well,
2: potentially yeah, potentially someone is a maybe would be a little more territorial if they had written it themselves. But I think if you if you've signed on, you hopefully they like it enough to want to defend it or to feel maybe a little injured, you know, because it's a personal thing. You it's know,
0: so personal.
2: Um, and early on in those relationships, it's like you kind of have to let let the conversation evolve a little bit before you can tell whether or not they're going to really be open to things.
1: You know. Well, I think. I'm sure you've done this. We've all done this. We attach ourselves to a project that we feel is like not that great, but we can hopefully push it and fix it. Um, so I did this Lifetime movie, right? And we oh, had say
0: the title. I've love, always loved the it titles. It was called
1: A Mother's Range. And oh, it's, that's
0: actually a nice one. It was, <laughs> it was, was originally called Road
1: Trip. And I was like, uh, there's already a movie called Road <laughs> Trip. And they're like, we don't care. But then I think Lifetime likes to have their title start with A's. So they're at the top of the uh, VOD list. Um, So we had Lori Lachlan for it. and Aunt Becky. Aunt Becky from Full House. Uh, It was amazing. And she, (laughs) like I know she's like super smart. I talked to her on the phone. She seemed, you know, she's obviously acted in so many things. One thing, I know you did a lot of soap operas. Um, (laughs) She did soap operas way before you did. When she did them, she told us a story was when you had a dramatic scene, they would literally play the dramatic music on the stage and record it. It was live. Wait, wait. Live? <laughs> yes. Wait, the Whoa. soundtrack
0: was live as your <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she would be like,
1: Russell, what did you say? And then they'd be like, and be dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah. And then she said like the first few times it happened, it like startled her so much. But you know, in soaps they just go so fast and they're shooting so many pages a day that she they just kind of went with it. But anyway. Which it was just like, wow, we love yeah, that thing you did at the end, the surprised look. It's such a it really sells yeah. the moment Because <laughs> <laughs> she was That's like 16 great. or something when she started doing scripts. Anyway, um, but I, so I knew she is like this, you know, solid actress, so much experience, and I knew the script was like not great. And I was like, well. And she, and she had said yes to it. And so I knew we had this big table read coming. All the actors were going to come, including her, and read it. And then at the end of the table read, I was going to be like, so what do you guys think? Any notes? <laughs> And that was going to be my moment to fix the script because she's the star mm-hmm. and she's, like, Lifetime right. is you can making leverage this movie Yeah, of her. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, and I, I mean, the script had major problems and it was, like, you know, just some questionable dialogue and just all these issues. And it's not, it's not any one person's fault. Like, I didn't pass on the script and a friend of mine did. And it, it was not, it was just, like, had issues. And um, she goes, yeah, this is great. Love it. Can't wait to shoot it. <laughs> And I Can't was wait like, "See my kids, bye." Yeah, I, I was like, she's no. like, I know
0: exactly what this is, and we could spend our heart and souls trying to make sure. this better, but let's just go with what it is."
1: Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, no notes." Anyone else? Like, does this part work for you? And they're like, "Yeah." And I was like, "You're like, is okay. nobody else saying what I'm seeing? I'm wrong about everything that I think I know." Um, anyway, of course, flash forward to like three weeks later, we're on set, and she's like, "Why am I saying this? Like, this doesn't make any sense." I'm like, I know, it doesn't make any sense. Why are you just bringing this up now? She's like, well, I'm not the director. And I was like, well, what would you say? And she's like, I don't know. I think I could just do it without saying it. And I was like, yeah, I love that. Let's just do it. We do a take and the producer slash writer is like, she didn't say the line, (laughs) the script you write. I'm like, I know, but we're going to try it. And she's like, and then basically they made us just shoot it as scripted.
0: Um, she probably knew that from the get-go. Sure. Was like, this yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, I think also that's the thing as an actor, and I wonder for writing and directing, if you get into a formula and you know like, oh, soaps are only going to let you do so much mm-hmm. or Lifetime's only going to let you do so much. So at a certain point in your career when you take the money job... Sure. do you yeah. just grin and bear it? Because as an actor, I have I, I still have a hard time because I'm like, it's my face.
2: Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, the right. one
0: who's saying you this You are the stuff. most
2: vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And
0: like, I just gonna... won't
1: put it on my website.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah but, but then also, they
0: dig that stuff up <laughs> and they put it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But also
1: you're spending four days on it and we're spending like six months on it. <laughs>
0: but that's what I mean. If you're spending six months, like, does it ever get under your skin as a creative where you're like, I know this doesn't make sense, but...
2: In a weird way, the more successful you get, the more you have to be okay with other people making some decisions you're used to making. That's the thing I feel That's like. That's a I've, good point. You oh, know, like, like produce, I'm the opposite. We, yeah, but I feel like you... <laughs> this is literally what you're living through right now. I not you talking about. No. no, I mean like, you know, like the, especially directing scripted side, it's like... Uh, Producers are a bigger deal. Like talent is a bigger deal. Like the
0: than you. It's than a conversation
2: instead of just like being able to say, "Hey, we're fixing this line." You know, and you're it's you're lucky when you have the authority to just go ahead and like tweak it and fix it and not make it a big deal. But like, right? No, having I, those conversations, you have to pick your battles more and more the higher up you get and the the more powerful your producers are.
1: I'm not saying that I don't like it when other people make the decision. I'm saying that. I don't like it when other people make bad decisions. You know, like sure, but and, I'm saying and, you have to just deal with it, right? Or as we we use the term "leveling up," pretty much as we're like trying to like climb our way. Like as you're working, like you know, right now I'm working with like a pretty cool agency, and like you know, hopefully I'll be working with like the big agencies and the Ogilvy's and the BBDOs and the like people where it's like. The top creatives in the country, you know the people that are making Geico commercials and little Caesars sure. commercials, and hBO they shows know better is yeah what you're saying. and then yeah. It, so to me that 's like the number one thing I look at in a project is like who is the team am i we 're going to get on a call? are we like jiving, are we like liking each other 's ideas? are we making each other laugh and that 's like when we 're aligned, the agency i 'm working with now, they like use the word aligned a lot, which I think is like a pretty common agency word, but they 're like, okay, cool, so now we 're aligned we 're going to go to the client and say that and mm-hmm. so they Check right. in with me. So to me that's the thing. But if someone if they well, have a really point bad is, idea.
2: Is, my point is you have to align with people. Right. And like
0: <laughs> you have if to if you, compromise. If, exactly.
2: Like way yep. back in the day when you're just making your own web series that you wrote and you're directing yourself, you align with yourself and that's it. You know, and the more you level up, the more other parties you have to satisfy or at least consult with before you get to be like, this is the actual decision.
0: Well, that's what I think is also interesting from an actor's perspective and also I've directed a couple of things and now I'm transitioning into more of that, but I always look at the director as the boss, and it's so interesting to hear you guys talk about how your hands are kind of tied and you have to align with everybody else. And I think a lot of actors or anybody else on set always look to the director as being the boss man. Sure. Not knowing that your hands are also tied.
2: Yeah. I, I Early on will say, like, okay, I want to be the only person who's talking to the actors because I want them to be able to turn to me and know I am the authority. Like, I'm not going to confuse them. This is the clear delineation of like, he, I am the person you talk to to get information. But all that time where I'm like, you know, hey, that was really great. Let's take five. That five minutes, I'm not like, I'm not going to have a cigarette or something. Like, I'm like back with the other village full of suits who are all like going to tell me what they think. And then I'm going to have to deal with their bad ideas. And then,
1: you know, refilter it back to you. Yeah. Right. And I, I, as an actor, if you ever get this note, especially on a commercial, which is bigger smile, bigger smile. Oh, yeah, yeah. That That is 100% not coming from the director. <laughs> like, I think
0: that's so good to say. Because I think in acting class, you all, like, you're, at least my coach is constantly being like, the director says this. This is what they, like, this is how you can interpret it. Because as an actor, you're like, uh, 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 I thought I was yes. smiling Sure, yeah. like, and then it's a negative. Then you put yourself into a negative head spin versus being in a positive head spin. That's such a wonderful. Yeah.
1: And it's like I did these, these spots with Tim Meadows and he's, you know, he's like the most friendly looking person in the world. And the agency was like, can you just give us more teeth, bigger smile, more happy. And, you know, we're like on hour 11 of the day or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's necessary um, so actually, I have a question. No, for hold you. on, hold on. Before
2: before you get into that question, I've got a tip. Actually, this yeah. is the, this is the straight dope for actors. If you ever see a director walk over to the sound person and like they're probably like and then walk over to you, they've gone to double check and make sure that the client's headsets aren't on, because the oh. client the so everyone who's wearing a lavalier is mic'd, and so like oftentimes those mics are hot the whole time. And the clients can hear you direct to the client or to the actor. And so I'll have to go over and be like, hey, kill the mics real quick because I have to like reinterpret something or in really dire circumstances be like, Listen, just fucking I know this is a stupid note. Humor me, smile a bunch on this one. And like the politics sometimes it's not worth it to explain yeah. the politics of that's of a it. smart director i that never is, i never have really never done it it's brutal i remember cuz there's an actor who i won't name who i really looked up to and i was giving him the stupid i was younger and didn't know what i was doing and uh i was giving him stupid notes and he finally he was much more experienced than me he covered his 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 mic and was like are they telling you to say this stupid shit and i was like <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, I'm glad you figured it out. Thank I'm like practically
0: you. crying. You're doing sign language saying like, one thing like, but doing different like, sign I language. No, I'm telling you yeah. something
2: stupid. I'm trying my hardest not to make it sound so dumb.
1: <laughs> but so to this whole conversation as an actor, would you rather have the director like really explain like help you realize why you should smile more, or would you rather have them be like? Hey, this is a note from the client. I think you're doing amazing, but let's just do one that's a bigger smile. Like, do you like when the director doesn't believe the note they're giving you? Is that a good thing or a bad thing?
0: I I love camaraderie with the director, so I like the latter. So if I know and I'm all actors. I, I try to pride myself on not being actory like this, but you like to hear like, "Hey, you're doing a good job." I think you're doing a good job. It's just we have to appease yeah. to somebody else because then you have somebody on your side. So I love, I love that. On features in television, sure. it's a totally different ball game, and I. I get, especially I've been a guest a lot lately, mm-hmm. a guest star, and I've been expressing that to a lot of other friends of mine. I'm a guest in somebody else's house, so I'm doing everything to be a good guest. Mm-hmm. Like I ask to go to the bathroom. I ask if I can sit here. I placate to the other actors who are series regulars. It's their home as well as the director. Being a guest is, re- is harder, I think, than being on a, a yeah. commercial trying to decipher what they're saying. On a commercial, I'm like, sure, I'll try this, I'll try this, I'll sure. try this. As a guest star or in indie filmmaking, I feel like you're constantly in this battle of like, I've created this idea, but I'm a guest. Mm-hmm. So how do we, and also as a guest, I don't think you get spoken to a lot by mm-hmm. directors. I, I, I like to be overly communicated with and or at least be able to decipher what's happening.
2: Yeah. It's hard uh, uh, for a guest spot in particular, I feel like, for better or for worse, the less a director talks to you, the better a job you're doing.
0: Exactly. And I think that's taking. and it's brutal because you're like, uh, they're not okay. All right. Well, I think that dinner conversation went well. I don't know. Because most of the
2: time, the role is like, you know, uh, the accident's over here, or, like, the bomb yeah. didn't go off. Well, you know of star. Yeah, that's true, yeah. that's true, but, like... You probably murdered the person. Yeah, you murdered the person. Exactly. Like, like I did, and I liked it, right? Yes. You know. But, but the point is, is, like, the detective is about to step in and really, like, that's the majority of the scene, right? Um, and so, yeah, the more... It's a, it's a hard lesson to learn, especially as an actor because you're so vulnerable, right? Like you're opening yourself up. You've decided to become the murderer. You've spent a whole week being excited about how you're going to deliver these totally. lines. and like,
0: Well, and we're so yeah. narcissistic. I'll be the first person like to throw it out there. It's all like, oh, did I do a good job? Mm-hmm. Oh, I had this idea of how the character was going. I, 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 I. And then you look at the director and you, there's no, it's like managing a cruise ship of a thousand people And then you have that actor in the corner being like, "Did I do a good job?"
2: If they didn't talk to you, the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. that that's it's awful. It it is, but it's. I I
0: think that's why it's also. I recommend any creative, um, an actor to go on the other side of the camera. I think you Mm -hmm. eps and go on the other side of casting. It's the best way to get knowledge about how the whole ship is operating.
2: Well, and I think also remembering what it's like to be that person. And like, whether you're a director or a co-star or another, another person on set who can, you know, after you're moving on, acknowledge that person, it really goes a long way in terms of just making an actor feel better and like taking that home with themselves. You know?
0: Yeah, I I don't, I don't know why, but I always equate it to a dinner party. If you're a guest and somebody else is hosting the party, the host is really stressed out. Like, Don't ever show up to a dinner party right. early because they're trying to get their whole house ready. So the director is the host of the party sure. and you're the guest there and you might try and have a few minutes of one-on-one time with the host, but most likely it's not going to happen. Right. So trying to balance out all of those. I just also, as an actor too, I think as a Director, when you give notes, are you trying to, I guess this is a hard question to ask, are you trying just to get to, from point A to point B or are you trying to emotionally connect with them to emotionally get something out of them? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that a clear question? Yeah,
1: I think it, I mean, the answer is horrible, but it obviously depends on what you're doing. Something I learned is that, I mean, you know, we all talk about like action verbs versus result result oriented directing versus like action oriented directing but like uh, you know on tv like a lot of times like the best direction you can give is just like faster and louder right like that um i i try when i have time to figure out how to give the actor something to do as opposed to like uh, a result i want when i don't have time or i know what's wrong like like, hey, you're just coming off as like not as sad as like I think you should be, and I don't know what to say. I'll just t- try to talk to the actor. Like, hey, like we want this moment to like really land in some way. Can you help me figure out what would make this more sad for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think
1: every performer
2: has a different process, and so when you don't have a really strong relationship with them yet, when they're new, right, that it, it's hard to kind of know. What language to speak with them. And because sometimes you're, you know, you're almost always under the gun and trying to move on, we're just trying to figure out the fastest way to get you where you need to be in a way that is collaborative and helpful and inspires
1: the best work from you. And comedy is like totally different than drama. You know, like I think there's a time when it's like, okay, guys, let's relax for a second and let's figure this out. And then there's a time where it's like, can you just try saying it like, You know, putting a pause after this word and then punching this word. yeah. Yeah. But what about, like, I'm actually curious with you, especially in auditions, you know, when you don't know these directors at all. I've seen directors, like, give so many notes, you know, for an audition. Like, oh, let's just do it one more time, but on this word, punch this, and on this, do this. Like, Mm. what's, like, as an actor, What? how do you like being directed?
0: I, ooh, I just love being directed. I love collaborating I love getting out of my own head I, I even if a director throws one or two words at me I'm like oh great great mm-hmm. cuz you're thinking on a one tracked mind and I I think this is also why I'm more curious about directing is I visually see things so even when I read a script I I can see how I would shoot it so then as an actor on set I I like to check monitors I like uh-huh. to watch myself cuz I like to learn especially if somebody's if a director's saying I'm not getting something, or uh, I need you to do this. I'm like, oh, I thought I was doing this. As soon as I see it, I'm like, oh, not mm-hmm. doing that at all. So, but very rarely do you have playback on commercials or indie films. Like that's such yeah. a privilege.
1: I also would never show. An well, actor it's funny. There's a lot of monitor. directors. I really,
2: I
0: would. Never, you won't ever, show.
2: Never. You don't ever. like to show. Yeah. I totally. So then, show. do you overly
0: communicate? Unless it's I... slow
2: motion. <laughs> <laughs> Unless <laughs> it's like, hey, we can all like get around and watch this cool punch yes, or something. Look at this. But, but otherwise, no way.
0: I yeah. just I like yeah, I like being communicated with, but I also like um simplicity and I like emotionally charged action or um what I call a secondary focus.
2: Oh, interesting. What is that?
0: Primary secondary focus. So my primary focus is, you know, the person that I'm talking to, the lines that I have to say, the emotion of what's going on. A secondary focus could be like um, remember that you're driving. Oh, <laughs> like, it's just that <laughs> sure. simple. Okay. Or, like, yeah, yeah. We, um, are, you're
1: late to picking up your kid for school. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or
2: don't forget you murdered this person.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but don't forget you murdered this person. Or, oh, that chair that you're sitting in, your grandmother made it. Uh huh. Yeah. And, you know, like, so then all of a sudden your brain goes to a different place. And I think as an actor, if you've emotionally prepared to be in a certain place and all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's your grandmother's chair. Uh, it mm-hmm. it what's your, I, like I don't that. know I, I, I love that yeah. i like the secondary focus a lot um my acting coach talks about that a lot and then every once in a while you'll have a director like nick cassavetes i worked with him and he was the king of i, I don't know if he would call it this but of secondary like primary secondary focus um he would just throw things at me that con- every time i got directed i was like okay like it was such a shock thing but it was always within the element in the realm of which I was doing and then sometimes um, he would he would change the way he would call action or he wouldn't call action at all I also think that's really interesting with a director's choice on how they um, deliver their their mm-hmm. performers into a scene or their actors into a scene so I I do I like communicating I like being I, I'm a collaborator I'm a team player so I like it
2: Do you like knowing where the camera is or what shot is conceptualized for this moment? Is that helpful?
0: Yes. It depends on the project, again, but I am also so curious about directing. I'm so curious about Mm. filmmaking and storytelling that especially in the last probably 8 years that I'm like oh what lens are you using mm-hmm. where are you at and but, also for But an does actor, it
2: help your performance?
0: It does because especially in emotionally charged scenes uh-huh. if you're far away and it's a master sure. I, I want to reserve my tank for the Mm close-up and that's just a skill that i just learned in the last seven eight years like i don't remember which project it was but i remember blowing my load on the master and they were so far away and then they got into for the close-up and i was like i'm a little tapped," uh you know and that was a a tough lesson learned on my own and he was like you were doing great when we were way over there and i was like oh that's what they Mm -hmm. so i do like you know, As an actor, you're juggling so many things if you're doing a good job. I, Nick Cassavetes, Cassavetes also said acting, he hates acting because it's like climbing up the stairs. He prefers directing. It's like there's always another stair for acting. You can constantly be like, okay, I'm here emotionally. I have my primary and secondary focus. The camera's over there. Okay, I'm doing this. Like, There's so many things going in your head and then action's called and you're like, throw it all away and just be present. Mm-hmm. But the better actors, of course, know where the camera is. Mm-hmm. Some of the Talent that I work with on TV, when I'm working with them in the moment, I'm like, well, that wasn't really interesting or connected. Sure. And then you see it on what ends up on screen, you're like, that was brilliant. They know exactly where the camera is, they know exactly how to work it. And that's a muscle that I think a lot of TV actors have.
2: Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Does that make sense? And do you think
2: that's a symptom of just logging more hours?
0: Yeah. yeah. I do. And and also once again. Uh, as an actor, you're constantly chasing a job. I'm sure a lot of creators, you're constantly chasing a job. So then, once you can get on a set and get comfortable, you all of a sudden are, you can bring in the ele- elements of making that job work mm-hmm. better for you. I think as actors, you're constantly in this desperate place instead of looking at, like, oh, what lens is that? Like making the camera your friend, making the lighting people your friends, mm-hmm. trying to understand the whole element of storytelling. I think those actors make the most captivating storytellers. Yeah. You can learn every element of your of your craft and what you're doing.
1: Well, going back to I mean, as fun as it is to talk about like emotionally <laughs> charged scenes, I imagine most of our listeners like that's like the pinnacle, you know, that's like what everyone aspires to, but going back to like the audition tips just cuz I think it applies to like a lot of new people too. To me, uh, an actor, one of the like signals that an actor is new and doesn't really know what they're doing in an audition is when they're not quite facing the camera, when they're not aware of sure, where pet, their face is, yeah. where the light is, where the sound is. They'll always be standing against the wall, you know, because they're so scared. They're trying to get as far away from the camera <laughs> as possible. Um, and so, to me, those things, if I was an actor, those things would be super important to me because... You can give an amazing performance, but I can't see your eyes. Totally. You know, like just know your eye line as close to the camera as you can get it without looking into the lens. Yeah, there's a reason the reader is sat where they're sat,
0: basically. Exactly, right. yeah. and I I do think um, learning how to own that room is is makes a difference between a working actor. And a phenomenal, like a phenomenal actor and a working actor. Two people can be phenomenal actors. Even people that might not even be new but are coming from theater that don't mm-hmm. understand, like I'm emoting and doing so much great thing over there. I had a wonderful class where uh, Risa Barman Garcia was like, why are you, Why do you pull, why does every actor when they come into a room pull the chair away from the camera? It's an intimate scene. Get closer to the reader. Get closer mm-hmm. to the camera. Yeah, and I think also with self-tapes and the way the world is working today, there's no reason why an actor shouldn't be at home practicing self-tapes. Like, this is what it looks like when I'm doing this. Oh, oh, I'm way Mm -hmm. over here.
2: It's not picking up. It's crazy to see the quality. I was just talking with somebody about this today. The quality of self-tapes has increased so much, like... Everyone's shooting on a good looking DSLR. There's a lot of places around town that have like setups where like things are pre lit. You know, you flip a switch and all of a sudden you look awesome. You know, it's a great camera, it's a great backdrop, it's great lighting. And so, like, that's that is what you were up against when you were sending in a self tape. I've got yeah. some
0: great taping places if you guys – so I have a guy in the valley. His name is Amato. And there's also a wonderful guy, uh, Paul's Video. Mm. And then there's Intrepid Tapes. Oh, Intrepid. That's where he she He used to do a dollar a minute. Um, and then there's the place called The Self Tape in West Hollywood. Yes, that's that right. That I just discovered. Yeah. And Wow. Yeah, they're, but, yeah, they're good. It's like
1: okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a setup at home also?
0: I have a mobile setup, so when I go on the road, I when I'm here, I a motto is my man. I've had like the cops called on me <laughs> taping with him where I'm like this like you know you're good when the cops call. Sure. Like and he's just I I love like again, I like the collaboration. I don't like going to taping places they are like, okay, you're done.
1: Yeah. I'm like
0: I paying you. I need a second. And I like I like the feedback. Like a model's really great with feedback. Um the self-tape place is really great with feedback. You can pay for coaching mm-hmm. on top of that, which I think is really nice. I just like knowing, like, without going behind and checking every single take that I do. Right. Like, hey, how did that feel? So there's someone people. you can
2: trust basically. Yeah. Just like, yeah, you got it.
0: Yeah. yeah, you got it. Let's move on or let's try this. Or once again, I like that secondary focus where somebody's like, Hey, what about this? I'm like, ooh, let's try that.
1: Right. Do you have lights for your mobile setup?
0: I do. I have a halo light that I'm working with. I just I'm um, upgrading my phone to a ten, so it's on the four four K. Um, and and then, it's like
1: an LED light that just you. put It's a. It's in, literally a your, halo light like a that you can light.
0: put. It's yeah, a yeah. ring light that looks really great. But I've, I mean, I I'm usually on location. This past year, I've worked in LA once in the last two years, three years. Yeah. So I try to do that, that one halo light. It's easy. I want to buy one. That's why I'm,
1: it's, I'm asking for selfish reasons for my well, wife because she's like, I'm spending like 40 bucks every absolutely. week for Absolutely. I have a, a whole self-tape.
0: kit that somebody sent me, so I'll send it to you. Oh, oh yes. Great. And Please I'll put too. it on yep. um, my show notes. notes. Yeah. So if you guys want it, it's, it's, this is just for your phone and it's great. And there's a little mic that you can put in for oh, it cool. as well. Cool. Yes, send it yeah. to me
1: because my wife was trying to buy some fluorescent lights and I was like, come on. What is yeah, this, 2007.
0: That's not gonna work. That's not gonna <laughs> work. Um, no, I
1: mean they were like you know with like a softbox. Sure, stuff. they it's were nice, but that, also but they're not. You can also go to Home
0: Defle Depot and make your own. I've had yeah. a couple girlfriends like make their own stuff, but then you're like clamping and doing. Right, like, right.
1: I just want something the easiest, like yes. LEDs. Yeah, set up. like a hundred bucks plus a microphone, and you Yeah, that yeah. yeah. can yeah.
0: also store in your closet right. really easy. Right. Mm-hmm. Or for me, I can take it traveling.
1: Yeah. 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 These auditions I just did, and I'm sure a lot of auditions nowadays, especially for commercials, have people looking at screens like tablets or phones. And like 80% of the actors, when they were looking at the phone, they would hold the phone like a normal person would hold the phone, you know, down Mm -hmm. low. And they would be tilting their head down and we would be seeing the top of their head. And I'd be like, "Uh, let's do it again. But can you just hold the phone way higher so we can see your face? Buy a printer. That's actually pretty good advice for an yeah, actor. I'm not joking. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and that's also the thing too is do you guys bump on if an actor's like, Where are you guys framing me? Do you see my eyes? Like no, I I not at overly all. communicate when I go into a room now. And I even had somebody a guest on my podcast say he doesn't ask, he tells them, Hey, you're framing me about right here, right? Like, yeah, yeah. he directly kind of tells them. I would maybe suggest- be.
2: A- <laughs> Depending on the personality, I would yeah. be like, oh,
0: you
2: know, I, I would bump against that, actually. You would
0: bump against, like, having them to say, like, do it from yeah, your up. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I, I think maybe the other way to do it that wouldn't rub me the wrong way, I should caveat, that's purely just me being weird. But, like, if you're like, hey, is it okay if I move around? Or, like, you know, I'm going to stay pretty still. Like, giving people the operator a heads up. Because for whatever reason, casting directors always buy the worst tripods you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. They're
0: so old. Yeah, yeah. And, there's, and they, they slide squeak, down, they, they slide. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, Literally, I was talking to a casting director the other day. My tripod that I bought when I, like I got for my 16th birthday is still better than literally every single casting director's tripod I've ever seen in my life. It cost $100. Yeah, I'm going to buy them why? all. Cast- <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> That's is- why I almost prefer going to my taping places sometimes yeah, instead of going in with the casting director. Yeah. They have 5,000 things on their head and their mind. Their cameras aren't great. They're also reading with you and doing the camera. So
2: we're going to start a GoFundMe account for <laughs> Los Angeles casting directors. Um,
0: so when you guys read scripts or when you guys get a commercial, like when the job has been handed to you, how do you storyboard out as in a commercial? Is it kind of like do the clients kind of tell you what they already want? Like so how in much a commercial, in a have?
2: commercial, we'll get
1: boards pretty frequently. Um, so you
0: just have to shoot exactly what's on the board.
1: Well, I'll tell you. So this current project I have, I get the scripts, and the scripts have like three images per script that are kind of like and give you the tone. Then later on, they send me boards. There's like six boards per script, and then. These specific spots I'm doing, I'm imagining there would be like about 20 shots per spot. So then yeah. I go and I sit with the storyboard arts and we reboard every spot. Um, and then I share those with the agency; they share them with the client.
2: And so yes, yeah, so you know. you'll have like a, a sense of tone and maybe hero shots, like if there's a product shot or something like that. There are certain shots that you kind of intuit, you know, like oh, we have to get this basically. Um but yeah, sometimes you get to reboard, sometimes depending on the budget, sometimes you just can get away with boarding it yourself. But the tone
1: and feel and a lot of the shots are already predetermined, for sure. Yeah.
0: Huh.
1: I'm doing this new thing where I just whatever seems right for that commercial, I'll do so I was just pitching on this other commercial. I didn't get it, but it was like the idea was there's like this really long couch and the camera's like scanning across the couches different people are on it and if i would have gotten it i would have probably like tried to do like a 3d rendering in my computer of how it would look i've tried to figure it out in some way or do little models and just shoot it on my iphone um but like you know the boards work for some things when it's like a conversation between two people Mm -hmm. but if it's like a visual trick i'll try to shoot a test or something
0: and show it to the client so then in commercials, do you feel like you have a lot of creative control as the director or It's the, the creation's kind of handed yeah. to you?
2: I mean, I w- the strongest illustration I can think of is if you go to a, like Ad Age, right, which is like the, the advertising, um, you know, publication of Note, right? Like they mm-hmm. reference it in Mad Men and it's still around today, right? Um, and you look at the credits on a commercial, the director is about the middle. Right, Mm. so like you've got executive producers, you've got creative directors, you've got like all of those agency people, the copywriter. Those people are all credited before the director.
0: And then what about for episodic? Because I I just realized the other day, or somebody told me this that if you direct a pilot, you are given EP (laughs) credit for the rest of the series because you created the tone. Those
2: are the jobs, like a, a pilot episode. That is it. That is the best thing Because you to get. get to
0: put your creative spin on it. So now is yeah. the the studio coming to you and giving you boards or ideas? Are you going to the studio and saying, this is the show I visually want to make?
2: Yeah,
1: so in episodic, you rarely get to board anything. Right. Well, so we had two directors on kind of recently that directed pilots. Tony Ascenda, who mm-hmm. you're friends with, right? So he, he pitched the idea that American Vandal... Uh, which is his show, is going to feel like the Jinx and feel like making a murder, right? So I think that came from him. He he did direct all the episodes, but even if he didn't, they would all kind of look like that, right? And then Paul Briganti, who did Adam Ruins Everything, his idea was to make it, he was inspired by Citizen Kane, how you can use one, a few camera moves without cuts to create all these new scenes. And so I think those guys brought like a ton of stuff to what the show looks like. Um, but now everyone else that directs it, like Matt Pollock, who's been on the show a lot, has to kind of match the style of Adam Ruins everything that Paul created. Yeah. It kind of depends on like cable oftentimes will have one director
2: do the entire season. Well, that's um, what
0: happened. I did True Detective and Carrie sure. Fukunagua did the first whole season, and I I truly believe that was the biggest success because yeah. of him having creative control over all eight episodes. Season two. Had several different directors coming in on that season. I'm interested to see what they do with season three, but I haven't I haven't seen anywhere in the trades yet that they've locked in just one. Mm-hmm. But for many series and stuff like that, I mean Handmaid's Tale, it's not just one for the whole entire
1: Sure, that's true. And that so that was Reed Morano. She directed the pilot.
0: She directed the pilot and um, I think did a couple other episodes yeah. throughout. But And
1: she's a DP, so she really created the look of that show very strongly. And I know she's, you know, obviously still an EP on it, so I think everything she did in that first season is all the other directors yeah. are carrying on. There's, I have worked with Reed; and she's like a genius, you have. and she shot. Not she wasn't shooting for me; I was just like doing something else on that set. But um, she was like pregnant and shooting this movie and doing. Which movie? Ama-
0: Which movie were you on?
1: Um, it's called Free Samples. It's kind of a small. Maybe mm. Jesse Eisenberg.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, she's like, and she could do with like one light what like every other DP would need like 20 lights to do it like to me that's what's like amazing about really good dps is they don't have they don't need all the yeah. equipment in the world
0: they're not relying on other people to make the shot that they need yeah and yeah.
1: they also care about the performance you know I've worked with a few mm-hmm. dps where it's like you can they'll they'll give a note like yeah they, they didn't really they were walking really slow I didn't like buy that they were walking where they're going because their walk is motivating a camera move or something. To me, that's like an amazing DP that is using the visuals to tell the story, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, can I give just a few last tips? Because I, yes. <laughs> In case anyone that listens to your podcast ever mm. auditions for us, um, just auditioning tips, random ones give that it come to, to us. my mind. One, know. don't wear anything crazy, especially in the commercial world. Like just, Go as like a normal person. Like yes. Okay, no so when, chokers your, agent, or when crazy your agent's hair. like,
0: oh, okay, so this is a nurse, You do not want? Do you want people coming in scrubs or you want thing, things that are scrub-like? Scrub-like. Yes,
2: okay. That's my vote at least. Yeah, yeah I because I mind. feel like
0: your agents are always like, wear this. I'm don't, like, that's don't not really sp- the way you want to go with don't that. Don't
2: come in a costume. Come in something that evokes
1: the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mind scrubs. Scrubs because, maybe because are actually scrubs, the one, yeah. one exception. But if you came with a nurse's hat, I'd be yeah. like, can you take the hat off? You know, don't wear... People wear fake glasses like all the time for like nerd <laughs> roles or whatever. And like, come on guys, <laughs> let's get over that. So um, don't
0: accessorize, like <laughs> outrageously accessorize.
1: Yeah, and then there's the thing that I think directors are totally split on. Like my wife would never, ever use a prop in an audition. And I love props. Like if someone like pulls out their phone, brings an Xbox controller or whatever they need. That, that is like a bother. hard no for me. Right, and Matt's a hard <laughs> fucking no. Fucking so. Bonkers.
2: Sorry, so just I hope know, I can swear on your podcast. Oh, yeah,
0: we cuss a lot.
2: Do
1: not bring an Xbox controller. <laughs> uh, yeah. like
0: my daughter's fake sword. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Look,
1: Look, a fake sword, don't be silly, but yeah. if it's like.
0: I you, use my if phone if for a lot of you can stuff. If you're like flipping
1: a cigarette or something and it makes you feel better to have a cigarette, like, to me, it's like, just sell me on this character, you know? And it's, if you're like moving your hands like a French mime to stack boxes, it's just silly. I, here's the thing.
2: It, Again, down to the personality thing. Bringing in a prop is a little bit of a red flag to me. I don't want to speak for Oren because obviously he loves them, but like it feels <laughs> like, oh, you're maybe a little weird. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like,
0: absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna
2: pull out my f- fake mustache for this next. Uh, no. It's like a clown something.
0: job. Where yeah, just it's just things it's out just of their a back. hint
2: at that. It's just a, it's like, oh, okay, this person might be high maintenance, and I can't deal with that. Yeah. So, like that. That's why. Your phone is okay. Your script is okay. Go ahead and use that. Oh, yeah. That's fine. Finger guns, if you need to, or something like that stuff is fine. But, like, if it's reasonable that you would have it on your person, I think that's in the realm of okay.
1: But, uh, but for the most part, please do, don't bring something from home. Don't. Right. And please hold your script if you don't know all the lines. Like yeah. I can't <laughs> tell yeah. you how annoying it is when someone like forgets the lines halfway through and can't find their script. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I'd much rather them just hold the script and never look at it. We, I would never hold that against you for holding a script. You don't wave it around too much. <laughs> and, and also, actually, I was going to say you're giving too much direction for one take, okay? Uh,
2: okay. Yeah. Um, you look like a doofus if you're holding your phone. You like like to reference it on, on your script. I was going to say that before. Oh, you look, oh like it's a two literally, like a pan, people are app? looking on like, their
0: phones for, at, for their lines, mm-hmm. having their scripts on the, their Like phones. the best
2: looking, coolest, most confident people. Still, kind, you look like a nerd when you look at your phone. Yeah, it's like writing a I'm segue. With
0: you. I think that's kind of weird, and yeah. it also is going to put a weird light on you. <laughs> What's wrong <anyway>. with
2: segues? <sighs> i ride one all the time. I defy you to find someone who looks cool riding a Segway. They're so fun. They're so fun. A
0: BBC film that I have coming out, I ride a Segway. And I have to say, (laughs) I murdered that Segway. (laughs) I Segway trained. Okay. And then it might be one of my favorite characters. And you
2: think you look cool in that scene.
0: I had a scarf that flapped in the wind. (laughs) And I went really fast. And I was able to do like turns and shit on it. I can't wait
2: to be wrong. But I'm yeah. I still feel comfortable. Now in Laurel my Ann
0: thought she was really cool. <laughs> and so did everybody else that day on set. But you know, segues Listen. they're out, they're out for judgment. Listen, I
1: again happy to be wrong, <laughs> but uh Okay, so <laughs> yeah. don't look I'm at your phone. Worried. Don't look yep. at your phone. I wish we could segue yep. out, but we're not done in with our right. list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and uh like be friendly, but don't like ask me like what neighborhood I live in. Like don't yeah, like yeah. Don't, like, put on a show, you know? Yeah, let us lead in terms of how.
0: Let the director, yeah, agent, yeah. anybody lead yeah. the conversation. Yeah, definitely.
1: Oh, and be ready for the question, oh,
0: who are you in True Detective? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah like know your resume
1: yeah know your resume and also don't
0: make up that shit Yeah, (laughs) or if you do be a good actor can
2: I tell you how many times I will call you on it for sure (laughs) yeah and and I'm not even meaning to you're like oh cool you're in this thing and they're like yeah Yeah. if you're gonna be embarrassed about something on your resume
1: and you're gonna feel like an asshole when you have to talk about it take it off yes have you ever had an actor be like oh who are you in True Detective and they'll be like oh well we did a scene for Mm -hmm. like a film you know a thesis film or something or like a film school thing oh really I'll be like oh okay so you weren't like on the actual show and then they'll be like, no. And then I'll be like, okay. And whenever you're ready.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I have nothing else to say. You yep. know,
1: I just, yep. one I, I actually did something which I feel like was not cool. Yeah. The other day I had this actor audition and he had a beard and I w- wanted to see if he would look younger without, you know, facial hair. And I was like, um, you know, what do you look like? Would you be cool with shaving? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, my headshot is, you know, shaved. And I looked at his headshot and it was obviously like he printed it out at home on his printer, um, like on glossy paper or whatever, but it was really dark. And I was like, oh, man, just, um, I, you know, some unsolicited advice. You should like just brighten up your headshot. It's like really hard to see. And I feel like he, I threw him so off yeah. that he like could not do the audition. He's like, oh, okay. And it was like a him and a girl auditioning and he just, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And, and you know what? For the record, actually, I think that
2: it's important for actors to know like you would have if he had killed it. Like we don't care about that headshot. We don't right. care about yeah. if you're actually holding a phone. We don't care about any of the stuff that we're nitpicking right now. If you nail it, you we we want you to win. We want you to to crush it. And or if you know you have a fake uh, role on your resume or a misleading <laughs> one, all of yeah. that stuff is a pass as soon as you nail it. But if you're on the edge, or if we need or, to pick three roles for each person, if you're going to be made uncomfortable if we accidentally bring it up. Then that's a liability for you. You know, we again, we want you to win, but like if you come in with a crappy looking headshot and then we're like, oh, that's weird, and that's gonna throw you, that's you're, you're yeah. gonna miss the audition for that.
0: I also just think that a lot of actors, which is why I also created the podcast, is like uh, a lot of creatives have a hard time managing their business. So, mm-hmm. like, that's part of your business, that's your calling card. If your calling card is dark, then of yeah. course he's insecure about it because he knows it's probably not good sure. either. So you struck a chord with his insecurity. Definitely, That's the hard thing I think with acting too is like you're such an empathetic person, but having the boundaries up where you don't let mm-hmm. that stuff come in, but you can still do your job, I think takes... Experience or a shitload of confidence from yeah. the get-go where you're like, if if he was so cocky and he was like, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, oh, my printer's uh, yeah. busted.
0: <laughs> yeah, whatever. It yeah. wouldn't have been...
2: Book me and I'll buy a new one. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. would have killed
1: it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, so true, so true. Any other tips while um, we're here?
1: Matt, anything you hate actors doing? Well, actually, can you just give us maybe a few things that you hate directors doing? Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, or that would throw
1: you maybe, or like, like...
0: Mm, I have had some, in, so the, these directors will name, remain sure, nameless please. because they're big directors. I have had directors throw complete, Tem- temper tantrums on set where they one yelled at a sound guy who was deep like well into his 60s he's clearly been doing this job for like 40 years I don't think any director throwing around his ego like that ever helps a project and by the way that 35 million dollar project tanked mm-hmm. and I was glad that it did because he was so horrible on set so i just don't i have a hard time i guess with ego Mm -hmm. so that's why i'm always curious how directors think of themselves because i look at them as helming the ship and if number one in the person if the captain is got a bad attitude the whole thing's going to suffer so that's always my biggest pet peeve Mm -hmm. um and then just direction that seems mindless or direction, like, I know that they might be frustrated with me because they're not getting what they want, but they're not taking the time. I don't like when people scream mm-hmm. across the room. I think that's really rude. Yeah. Um,
1: what if they're, like, at the monitor? Do you I, mind if you're, they're doing series? Like, hey, let, let's just try no. another one another one, but let's just do it a little bit faster and maybe, like, it's you think it's funny what you're saying, you know? I don't
0: think that's a problem. And that's also probably normally commercial where you're doing series, or actually even sometimes TV shows where you're doing series. But I've also seen some really well-known actors um, on New Girl. Uh, Somebody was giving Zoe... Uh, sure. constant they, they alt
2: a lot of, a lot of
0: like, do it like this, do it like this, do it like this. And then it was so brilliant. She was like, I think we're good and I've done it <laughs> enough. And I was like, oh, girl.
1: Sure. Yeah. It's also her
2: show. It's also her show. She's the new girl. <laughs> she is
0: the new girl. But I thought that was so great as, a, as an actor just to be like, you know, like boundaries. I just, I really like the intimacy of. I like when an, a director is coming towards me and, like, ooh, okay, what's he gonna, what are mm-hmm. he, what is he or she gonna say? And if they talk to me in an intimate space, I feel, I feel like I can be more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, even if you think that you're doing a series from far away, who knows what kind of day that they're having or how, yeah, how they're shaky they're feeling. I have very little pet peeves. I do like, you know, what?
2: actually, I wanna talk to you a little bit about, yeah. Um, the distance thing because it is a thing that drives me insane as well. Wait, yelling like from yelling the monitor? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know that sucks. But what's, uh, and I do my very, very best to get a wireless monitor um, and have my village on wheels so that I can get in close and all sorts of stuff. What's interesting though is that a director can't move the monitor, right? Like there are union rules. It's like he can maybe, or or she can ask. You know their team to move things closer or to specify up in advance but like on a tv show it's not like you necessarily get to do a custom rig every single time sometimes you're lucky and sometimes they get to do that but it's it is this funny thing of like we feel crappy about it too in a yeah. way that's interesting you know like we know like this we're trying to craft an intimate performance or even just be funny and like shouting is the least uh reasonable way to do that you know um
0: but I think it's also, we're all adults and hopefully every everybody that you've hired are, are actors in which you like them. And shouting from a mountain sure. when you're like trying to do something funny or get to something. I think if you're not getting what you want, the intimacy is required. Right, right. And um, sometimes
1: I'll say to an actor, I'll try to meet everyone at least in the morning if I haven't met them and be like, hey, just so you know, we're got we're shooting way too much for one day. We're going to go really fast. If I don't give you any notes, it means I love it. I might shout... You know, from really far away, I might give you a line reading if we're like really late and the client just wants something. And I just try to kind of put it all up front so that they're not offended when I do it later on. So they know it's not Mm -hmm. something personal, it's just something that. I might have to do to get us through mm-hmm. our day you know
0: and I love that I had I had two showrunners on the show as a bonus episode last month and he said th- said something so brilliant he was like if you come in and you disarm the crowd by telling them like your um, weaknesses or mm-hmm. things that you know about yourself then everybody's on the same team if you come in and say okay this is what we're working with this is what's gonna go then everybody's willing and part of that collaboration and all on the same page I think it's just when everybody's on different pages And you're not. Yeah. I I truly, as an actor, have a 90% of the time leave set feeling useless. (laughs) And I am doing my best to work on my ego with that. And I think that that, sometimes there's wonderful directors that just as you're walking out, like, hey, thanks so much. (laughs) Just that, where you can walk away and be like, oh, okay, like I contributed today. But nine times out of 10, they're really busy doing 5,000 other things. And then you're like, why did I? Okay. (laughs)
2: Okay.
1: Well, (laughs) yeah. That's That's also the adrenaline low. I mean, that happens to us when we're like crazy busy for a week. And then the next day we're like. Oh, what's my next job? Show crash, yeah. Yeah.
0: Show oh, show crash. That's a good way of putting it. I always call it offset blues. Whenever Mm. I come home, especially if I've done a film and I'm gone for like three to six weeks.
2: You went away to camp, yeah. Went away to camp,
0: and then nobody knows your experience. Yeah, yeah. In your real life, yeah. (laughs) Even in like as a kid, one
2: time, yeah. Yeah, you're like mom.
0: Nobody Someone gets it. Me. Nobody gets it. I just, I continue to just strive and wanting to be on sets with people that want to collaborate and play. Mm-hmm. Even if it is on a short thing where it's like, we can't do as much as we want to, but we all know we want to. Okay, yay, let's go have a fun day shooting. I think a lot of people bring too much intensity and yeah. ego.
1: Yeah. It's the whole money part of this whole thing. <laughs> it's that money thing. Make yeah, that yeah.
2: money. It
1: sucks. Um, well, yeah, so... Are you guys cool with jumping into our unpaid endorsements?
2: Unpaid endorsements.
1: Uh, My wife and I, we have a kid, and a lot of times we have trouble finding babysitters on Saturday nights because I guess people like to do stuff on Saturday nights. So something we've been doing that's really fun and very inexpensive is uh, putting puzzles together, a thousand-piece puzzles. Have I talked about this before? No, but I love a good puzzle. Uh, It takes about... I imagine amazing puzzle solvers can do it in like five or six hours. It takes us about 10 hours to do a thousand piece puzzle. You spread it out over a day or two. Are you
0: drinking wine and conversing while doing this? You
1: know, we don't converse as much as you would think because we're like really... (laughs) You're in it. Yeah, we watch that Gary Shandling documentary while while we put it together. Or we'll watch like... I think we watch the entire season of like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy on Netflix that's worth um, paying attention to, though. Yeah, which, by the way, do you know not all the guys that they are uh, doing yeah, over, are they're not all straight? The, the reboot is just called Queer Eye. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was paying more attention to the puzzle, I yeah, guess, yeah. than the title. Um, but uh, we also got this thing, we went to, for our anniversary, we went to Palm Springs with our daughter, and we brought a puzzle, and so I got this thing, it's a puzzle mat, it's really just like a piece of felt um, <laughs> with like an inflatable <laughs> roller, that you can put on it. So you basically you do the puzzle on the felt and then you can roll it up if you're not done and travel with it. Oh, that's nice. So it's a puzzle mat. It kind of, it's not like amazing, but it, it mostly works.
0: It keeps it all together, what you've already yeah, put and together. Then you,
1: yeah, and then you unravel it and all, even the stray pieces are in the same, kind of the same that's place you left them nice.
0: yeah. See, there's there's things like that. You're like, why didn't I think of that?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Little products like You don't even that.
2: have to travel with that. It's just like if you want your dining room table back. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, huh. um, I, I went through a puzzle phase with my wife and I remember one morning we woke up
1: and we were both thinking about the puzzle.
0: <laughs> well, we'll be like,
1: we today, like I was really stressed out I had all this work to do. She was like about to go to Pilates or something and she's like, you want to just like work on this for like 10 minutes? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, put like yeah. 20 pieces in and left.
0: And you feel accomplished. And did you roll it back up and put it away? No,
1: we have it on like a piece of foam core (laughs) right now it's easier than the felt the felt it's harder to slide things around yeah yeah. Yeah. anyway matt you got anything i do actually um this is going to be our strongest
2: endorsement segment ever um i listeners will know i love going to the cemetery for movie screenings i love it it's the best it's my very favorite thing we have our chair we have the whole setup the hollywood forever cemetery hollywood forever oh yeah yeah i should clarify that (laughs) In Los Angeles,
0: you could go, go to the cemetery and watch, and watch movie. movies outside. <laughs> yeah.
2: But you could also go to museums and parks all over the city. There's screenings on the weekend. You can see Ferris Bueller every weekend of the summer, basically. Um, but Casablanca was this weekend, and it it's been a long time since I've seen Casablanca. It's really good. It's so good. It's like such an obvious thing to say, but
1: I is. think it's better than Citizen Kane.
2: I guess really what I'm endorsing is getting over the idea that Casablanca as a film feels, you know, like homework or something. It's incredibly entertaining. It's airtight. It moves super fast. The plotting is perfect, basically. And it's filled with jokes. It's it's either jokes or heartbreak or action or political intrigue on
1: every line. And it's about World War II, and it was made... During, during World War World II. War and II. it came yeah. out during World War II. And it's like, you're like, how could they have insight, so much insight about something that's going on right now? It's crazy. So, and it doesn't feel like, well, I mean, we won the war. So I guess it, yeah, but <laughs> maybe yeah. it is politically charged, but yeah. it feels kind of not politically charged. Yeah. So um,
2: it feels like an obvious endorsement, but guys, rewatch. Casablanca. do you think you were more
0: invested a- too because you were outside and you're at the cemetery i think like-
2: i was more likely to fall asleep <laughs> right. because you have a but little bit of luck.
0: movie <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it was great that's a good one you guys had really good ones i am in such doc world right now i'm so ba- i watched 25 documentaries this weekend 26 maybe so There's this short one called 3000. It's basically this, it's six minutes, which I think is really hard to move somebody in six minutes. And it's about this man documenting, this young man documenting. It's a mother's love. And it's literally him moving to New York and she is in China somewhere in Asia don't get mad at me for not knowing this I don't remember but it's all her phone calls to him like hey how are you just checking in over these gorgeous videos that he's made of New York City and his like feel his you can feel his feelings through his through his like short videos and vignettes that he's doing and then it's him going home to see her it's so simple I'm a mom I mean it got me after watching 25 of them it got me so deeply and the way he shot it was so beautiful. Like the opening scene is just uh shooting up at trees and watching a plane go by, and you you and it's all in subtitles. Mm-hmm. It's not a language that I know, but it was so beautiful. That and this other documentary that I don't know if a lot of people know about it, but since we're in LA, called Queen Mimi. And it's mm. do you have you guys heard about this? No, I don't know it. So it's a woman who was homeless on Montana Avenue who refused to call herself homeless and then got a job at a laundromat and lived inside the laundromat. And then Zach Galifianakis bought her an apartment and Renee Zellweger paid for the furniture inside the apartment. I was
2: going to say Montana is like a pretty bougie street. It's
0: very bougie. It's Santa Monica,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like Huckleberry is on Montana, right? I so think.
0: this. It's so, it's so cool just to see how, how she affected people's lives. Yeah. And it's not just the celebrities that are in it. It's people that would come in and give her hugs and she would do people's laundry inside the laundromat. The laundromat guy didn't even have her own salary. People were coming in and just requesting her because they liked her so much. But it's um, her relationship and um, what she's been able to give to the people that are coming in and what you don't know about her. I don't want to give too much away. But I was crying I mean, a good doc will get you, and this guy made it with his you have a zoom six, right? He had mm-hmm. a zoom five and a little mic, and that's how he did that, and then they had a camera going, but it wasn't yeah. overly done it wasn't it wasn't invasive it was really it was really well done
2: yeah. I, can we find them on Vimeo or so
0: vimeo so three thousand is on Vimeo, mm-hmm. and then Queen Mimi's on Netflix he oh, shot okay. it for like. Not a lot of money, and sold it to Netflix for a lot of money.
1: Love it, love it, cool. I hope he gave that money to and that's the what laundry.
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm supposed to meet with him sometime in the next week, and I'm going to wonder if how much he gave to yeah. Queen Mimi.
1: <laughs> that's yeah. awesome,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, cool. Well, how if we want to find out more about you? Do you have a website?
0: Or yeah, oxy dot com. So it's A-L-Y-S-H-I-A-O-C-H-S-E dot com. Also um, has, on the
2: show notes, just also, in case. Also, <laughs> yes, because the
0: spelling is unusual. And then the show's at that one audition and all social media outlets and at Alicia Oxy, everywhere.
1: Love it. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, you can find out more about us at com. You can email us at uh, justshootapod at com or tweet at us at justshootapod. Find us on Instagram, Facebook. iTunes reviews are awesome. Patreon is even better. Patreon.com slash justshootapod. Are you, you're on iTunes, obviously. I'm
0: on iTunes, Stitchers, everywhere, Google Play.
1: Review, leave a review for both of us.
0: Leave a review for this bonus episode. Look at that. What did you learn? Did you like it?
1: Yeah, let us know. Um, And you can tweet at me, at Mr. MrMadam. And I'm at SmiteyPileg. This episode was edited by Christopher Robert Gray. Our producer is Madeline Rosewatt. Our webmaster is Ewan Williams. And this music was provided by the Free Music Archive and the artist, Chazar. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks.